Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Rosenbeek. I think that game gave us all a reminder yet again that the AFCON is not won by the team with the most experience. Yeah. Neither is it won by the team that has the most talent. And that's why yesterday, even though Egypt started as many as seven players who had started in the last AFCON final, and Mozambique only had one player who had previously played at the AFCON, they still held their own. Yeah. They had Mohamed Salah. They were players playing for UD Songo in Mozambique, where they have not had a league football since November. Because the league ended in November. And yet, when they took on Egypt, they matched them for energy, for desire, for commitment. And quite frankly, they were unfortunate to lose this game. And that's why we asked from the Black Stars uh, to draw this game, I beg your pardon. And that's why we asked for the black, from the Black Stars. You don't need to have the most talented team. You just need to be the one, and Karim is perfectly right. You just need to be the one that wants it most. I don't think yesterday we wanted it most. Mozambique wanted it, and they got a result. Very unfortunate that they couldn't get the win. And now, from all analysis, when the group stages started, or when the draw was made, everybody thought Mozambique was going to be the whipping boys of the group. Certainly, right now, they are not going to be. Mm. So if you don't get a result against Egypt who themselves need a result against Ghana because Kvet is not going to be an easy game, that last game against Mozambique would be deja vu. Mm. Just like we wanted, desperately wanted a draw against Comoros, and somehow we ended up losing. Mm. We must avoid that by beating Egypt, in my mm. opinion. <laughs> yeah. As for Nigeria, well, it's, it's basically Ghana. I, I say it all the time. Ghana and Nigeria are the Manchester United and Chelsea of <laughs> African football. Who is Manchester United and who is Chelsea? Blasters are Man United. <laughs> the ones, the prima donnas who think they've got it, you know, and it's past glory. That's all, they, that's all they do. That's all they do, all right? And they think that they've got something special, but it's not. So they're struggling. Arsenal, and that's what you're talking about. Of course, it, it's... Uh, it's, it's Nigeria. Nigeria. Every season, they win the, the, the most beautiful jersey award. Nigeria always has the nicest jersey, just as Arsenal. And every tournament, it looks like they're going to win it. And every year is their year. Every tournament is their tournament. And it never comes together. Well, you know? these, so, yeah. So they're going to get kicked out, Nigeria. So, uh, uh, as for the blaster, I still believe that we're going to go all the way. Um, but Nigeria, they will make it out of the group. As to how far they go after that, I didn't see enough cohesion. They're still a team of work in progress. They're still struggling. Uh, certainly, it wouldn't be easy for them. Their next game is on Wednesday against Cote d'Ivoire. That will be a cracker, and I know everybody will be looking forward to that. But just before we wrap it up, uh, Achu, I just want you to give me what your thoughts are in a minute and a half on, you know, Algeria. You know, they won the last two editions of the tournament and they have a lot of work to do as they go up against Angola. I think they do. Um, I think without the weight of expectations that they were under in, in Cameroon two years ago, without the weight of the whole 
the people's team. They are the team that is coming to the AFCON with everyone expecting them to do well. Because these days, those tags have gone to Senegal and then, what's, what's their name? Morocco. I think they can be a bit more expressive. They can play without that self-imposed pressure that limits the sort of structure that they have to adopt. They don't have the problem of Morocco. I keep saying that Morocco might find this tournament the most difficult. They played well at the World Cup playing counter-attacking football at the AFCON. They have to impose themselves in this tournament. Algeria don't have that conundrum. They can play their expressive football and set up in the manner that uh, fits the skill sets of the players that they have got. Mm. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, Achu Tamaklo and Fentu Tahiru Fentu of Joy Sports uh, bringing us the analysis here. Thanks so much to Karim and thanks so much to the rest of the team. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 p.m. here on Joy 99.7 FM, on Joy Prime and on Joy News. Thank you so much for watching. My name is Nathaniel Atto and I have love for sport. This afternoon on the marketplace, International Monetary Fund pushes board meeting on Ghana to this Friday, January 19. We'll tell you why. Also coming up, Treasury bills oversubscribed by a whopping 46.7%, throwing a further decline in inflation and a debt restructuring agreement between Ghana and its bilateral creditors. My name is Daryl Kwan. Thanks for being with us. Details coming up.
And thanks for staying with us, everyone. The International Monetary Fund has rescheduled its board meeting on Ghana to Friday, this Friday, January 19. Judge Biafi has more on what has resulted in the fund taking this decision despite the country reaching a deal with its external creditors. Executive Board of BIMF should have met this Thursday, January 18, 2024. However, Joy Business is learning that some of the Executive Board members have made a case for the meeting to be pushed a day forward. This is to give them more time to review Ghana's documents submitted by the IMF staff. Therefore, the change in date has nothing to do with Ghana not meeting the conditions for the board to meet on its program or concerns about the deal reached with its creditors. We also understand that the executive board members need at least three days to review the country's documents. And since Monday is a holiday in USA, the pushback was necessary. This is because the holiday would mean that the mandatory three days will be cut by a day. Sources close to the fund have told Chairman that everything is in place for the executive board to meet and carry out Ghana's first review under the fund program this Friday. This should mean that by next Wednesday, about $600 million should hit Bank of Ghana's account. That is, if the country is able to pass this first review by the IMF on how it has fared under the fund program. Dalati's partner, Deloitte Ghana, he joins us on Zoom uh, with some analysis. Uh, thanks for joining us here. Our sources telling us the IMF Executive Board needs a minimum of three days, work, three working days to carry out the necessary scrutiny and procedural review of Ghana's program and the debt restructuring agreement reached with um, external creditors. What would they be looking out for, do you think? Yeah, thank you very much and good afternoon to you and your cherry U.S. and then listeners. Um, so I guess it will just go back to, to the basics. I think we we'll keep it very simple that some of the key factors or drivers that took us to the program uh, included things like our rising debt level, which uh, we have a target to uh, bring it down from about 70% as was reported in the previous budget to about 55% following the debt restructuring program. So that's a key target. And for us to be able to achieve that, we need a debt relief of about $10.5 billion. And so the process for engaging external lenders and also the process that we uh, started with domestic debt restructuring was necessary in order to take us to the target. We are not there yet. In the last budget statement that was presented, our debt GP ratio has dropped from over 70% to about 66%. So there has been progress that has been made. And I think the good news is that on Friday, we are able to reach um, a deal with our bilateral creditors. If you look at the combination or the split components of our external, significant portion of it, about half of it, is owed to Eurobond holders. And so if half of that is owed to Eurobond holders, and then about another quarter owed to what we call multilateral creditors, so these two um, key debt holders are primary to us securing a deal. And so for us to make some progress towards that, it's important. I think the good thing is, though the uh, IMF uh, program, the work that we're beating, has been postponed, the communication was that it is not because we are able to be, meet a benchmark or Ghana has got some challenge some document that was submitted. What's important for governments is uh, to look at one or two key things. 
the first one is our communication regarding uh, the IMF program and the engagement to the IMF. We have to be consistent. Uh, historically or previously, the communication has been a little bit inconsistent. Uh, I like the process that has happened so far. There's been uh, some silence on the part of uh, government entities or institutions that used to communicate about the program because the inconsistency does not help. So we have to ensure that we are going to be a consistent communication process. So that's the first one. And then the second one is to also for us to focus on operationalizing the budget statement. It is one thing presenting budget to parliament and getting approval. It's another thing making sure that appropriation bills are passed and they are not just passed, but the relevant revenue agencies are implementing or configuring their system to implement these laws that are passed. Because in addition to our debt challenges, we were also advised to uh, watch or work on our revenue base. Our revenue base has been broken, and we have significantly relied on tax revenue. And so if in the short to medium term there is no other source of revenue, then we have to operationalize our tax revenues as we have presented in the state. So whilst we are waiting for the IMF program or uh, feedback from the IMF, we have to watch the consistency in our communication and ensure that we avoid all the negative news that's coming from our market or our country yeah. because it also affects how these documents are scrutinized. Uh, mind you, the communication is that IMF needs time to scrutinize the documents. So where information from the country or information from other sources inconsistent with the document that was submitted, we are going to have challenges. So I think that's something that we should find. Yeah, the, the finance minister, Ken Ofoyata, has been speaking with my colleague, Georgia, for that interview with Elle on Thursday. He describes the deal reached with external creditors as a major turning point for the economy. I mean, how significantly would the next $600 million turn the economy around? Yeah, so I think I agree. It's a major turning point. And that's because of one or two reasons. The first one is that initially there was a very strong debate and some disagreement around the cut-off date. And so that we heard in the news that all external credit telecom team members have agreed to 20, uh, December 2022 as the cut-off date or the debt restructuring date. And I think for me it is consistent because that was the date or the period that we also sent communication to our external creditors that we are suspending payment of principal and interest. So that obviously uh, becomes the cut-off date. But usually because these credit, the creditors of team members are not uh, consistent in terms of whatever they are looking out for. We have this debate. But I think that the good step is that you all agree to the cut of date. So that's a very good step. The second thing is that once they all agree to terms, then it starts the process of us accelerating our engagement with the IMF. Because it's almost like a condition that was not written, but agreeing on terms with external practice was actually critical in us getting onto the uh, period of receiving the tranches. Mm-hmm. We've only received the first tranche. The second tranche has been waiting from for government to uh, reduce reliance on domestic borrowing. I think we've heard in the news that, that um, uh, what government subscribe, local bonds have been oversubscribed and treasury bills have oversubscribed. And uh, this is good sign in one way or the other, but even more importantly, it is only limiting credits that are supposed to be available to the private businesses, or we call crowding out. And it's also likely to increase uh, domestic credits, the uh, cost of credits to other businesses. 
or in the government. So for me, it is transparency. The government's reliance on domestic borrowing, and it is also given some uh, deep in terms of our forex requirements. Mm. Well, we still do not have any more information on the agreement reached with the external creditors, but the finance minister uh, did not rule out the December 2022 as uh, the cutoff date for restructuring Ghana's debt. It also appears Ghana will start servicing its debts after the four-year moratorium. Payment will have a commence after five years, we are told. Interest rates on these debts will likely be pegged between 2 and three percent, between two to 3 percent. Your thoughts on this and what the implications are? That's actually a, a remarkable one, and it is positive uh, from where I sit. Um, if you recall, one of the reasons why it was quite important to get this was that um, our risk had gone up. So, whilst uh, uh, the external credit agencies were downgrading us, um, the cost of credit that was going to be available to Ghana was going to be high. So, we are going at about 9% uh, roughly. And so if you go to marketing, you're going at 15% on euro bonds of 1 billion, 2 billion. That's quite significant. So for me, if you are going to be structured and then uh, interest uh, commitment is going to go significantly below the 8%, average 8 to 9%, and coming to about 3% uh, thereabouts, that margin and move gives us a lot of savings for us to use and put into other units. So the reason for going to an IMF program and similar program, debt restructuring, that uh, we are going to, uh, to create fiscal space. Mm. Because we need money for other things. We need money to support the productive sector of the economy. So once we get that fiscal space from this debt restructuring process and IMF program, we will use the money for other productive sectors of the economy. All right. Thank you so much, Yaolati Partner Deloitte Ghana. I appreciate your time with us uh, this afternoon. Well, following a further decline in headline inflation, interest rates eased again as uh, treasury bills were oversubscribed by a whopping 46.7%. That's according to the latest auction results by the Bank of Ghana. Let's bring in Patrick Edemagama, who is head of trading at uh, Republic Securities. And Patrick, the results from last Friday showed that demand for the short-term instruments surged following an agreement between the country and its uh, bilateral creditors on uh, the restructuring of external debt. Tell us how the auction went. Good afternoon, Dara. So um, we saw that um, the government raised a total of $3.86 billion, um, and then that rose by 46.73 in terms of the oversubscription. The 91-day uh, dipped a bit by 15 basis points to clear at 29.04%. The 182-day also dipped by 22 basis points to clear at 31.52. And then the 364-day also fell slightly by 26 basis points to close at 32.08%. Uh, we can see that the, uh, the disinflation pressure was the main cause of this, but uh, we expect this trend to also continue as we have this IMF news coming in. Right. Uh, so what's the anticipation for this week? Uh, we expect the IMF board to hold a meeting over Ghana this Friday. Yes, um, we, we expect the, tre- the same trend where the rates are expected to drop and fall. Um, in two weeks to come, the policy rate will also be announced. So we expect that to also follow the same trend or at least be maintained. Uh, 
with the news coming, investors are also listening very carefully and following and knowing the trend. If you can even see the, the, the volumes that are coming in, people are trying to lock in at a higher rate for the long dated ones. That's the 182 day and the 364 day instead of going for the 91 day. All right, and uh, turning to the stock market, uh, the Ghana Stock Exchange's uh, Composite Index lost 0.05% last week to uh, record an annual return of negative 0.09%. Overall, we are told the weekly turnover total 13.6 million cities across 23 counters. What do you read into this, Patrick? Well, as we have the main drivers being uh, Benzo Up, um, Ecobank, Ghana, and Cal Bank, uh, we still expect the financial stocks uh, to drive the market down slightly. However, um, there, we are seeing a lot of traction in uh, MTN and then New Gold uh, ETF. The, these two equities also have good prospects that can pull the market up. So we expect the financial stocks to continue their 2023 performance and then we'll see how their uh, fundamentals will clear in terms of uh, the Q4 um, or the final year releases. Mm. Anything else you should be on the lookout for this week? Well, we should, we, should, we should also look out for the activity in ETI stocks. We've seen some already happening in the market. Uh, that's ETI. There have been some activities coming up on the market. We should be on lookout for uh, stocks like Anything ETI. specific in there? Well, we are, we are, we are seeing that, that there, there's been uh, demand coming onto the market, and we've seen the supply side also showing up. And uh, as this continues, we notice that ETI paid um dividend uh, last year because of their 2022 performance mm-hmm. and if they follow that same trend that will make the stock more desirable to the market all right uh, patrick edamagama is head of trading at republic securities thanks for the updates on the markets well uh, next we are turning to trade and a bit to realize africa's single market whilst transforming the continent's economy through value addition the Africa Prosperity Network, in collaboration with the Africa Continental Free Trade Area Secretariat, is set to organize the Africa Prosperity Dialogues in Ghana from the 25th to the 27th of January 2024. The meeting will offer top business leaders, heads of international development institutions, and social change uh, makers a unique platform to deliberate and proffer comprehensive policies aimed at boosting intra-Africa trade. Now, addressing the media ahead of the three-day conference, founder and CEO of the Africa Prosperity Network, Gabi Asari Otridako, said the event will map up strategic, systematic, and action-oriented economic ecosystem that leads to real prosperity on the continent. We had the first one in January 2023. The focus then was how we, we if like, elevate AFCFTA from ambition to action. And the compact, which was put together by our partners, led by Dr. Eugene Owusu, with the UNDP, ECA, and the rest of them, and the AFCFTA, the compact that came out of the end of the three-day retreat was presented to the AU, and they adopted it. And what is important about that is that the AU recognizes that the conversations that take place at the Africa Prosperity Dialogues between business leaders and political leaders is relevant to pushing the FCFTA agenda. 
Okay, so let's not be let let it not be lost on us in terms of the importance of the conversations that we are we are having we are having here. Fortunately for us, we fall between Davos and the AU summit. The next AU summit, it's I believe um, February 17 to 18. Our conversation is 25th to 27th of January. And whatever comes out of here, the compact, it will be tabled at the next AU summit. And we hope that there will be actionable things that will come out of, the, of, the, of, of this year's um, dialogues. All right, you're watching the marketplace. We're in a new week of the Joy Business Advisory Series. And this time, we're tackling taxes as you know, uh, we have some taxes kicking in this year. Businesses and individuals are already raising red flags. And in studio with me to discuss uh, how you, your business, can navigate the recent taxes is Wisdom Pano, who is Associate Director Tax and Regulatory Services, Deloitte. Uh, thanks so much for coming to the yeah. studio to talk Thank about you. this uh, subject. Well, let's begin by, by talking about the tax environment in general. Um, how would you describe it? Well, um, good afternoon, and uh, good afternoon to your viewers. Um, so, um, the, the, so the Ghanaian tax environment, um, so of course the fiscal space, um, going with where we have been as a country, um, working to recover the economy. Uh, so uh, I, I would describe it as quite fluid at the, at the moment. Uh, we are having a lot of changes um, coming in, looking at how we can maximize our tax revenue, uh, the government has launched the medium-term revenue strategy. Um, mm. That's a roadmap, roadmap from 2024 to 2027, um, working on how we can ramp up our uh, taxes, um, domestic tax revenue mobilization uh, to around 18% uh, tax to GDP. So it's still a very fluid um, uh, space at the moment, uh, but then we are looking at what happens next. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the IMF program at the beginning of the po uh, of this uh, show, and of course, the reason we are seeing um, the introduction of new taxes is because we have to make some money, right? All right. And, but the individuals and businesses are complaining about it. So, talk to us about how these new taxes are going to impact individuals and SMEs, for instance. All right. So, um, thank you. So, um, if, if you look at 2024. Uh, for individuals, um, we, we do not have a lot of changes uh, impacting individual personal income tax. So mm -hmm. what we've had is um, a, a, a rejig of the uh, graduated tax rates, which is the personal income tax rates applicable uh, to individuals. Uh, the new rate has been increased from uh, 402 Ghana cities a month uh, to 490 cities, which is the exempt rate, and that is just to align to the new minimum uh, wage. So for an individual income tax perspective, not much, but then uh, the main... It has ripple effects yes, yes. on their so, pockets, right? So, uh, and that's what I'm coming to. Yeah. So uh, the main changes we've seen this year, 2024, uh, is that we are having uh, to pay more taxes on a number of uh, goods and services that we buy, and it, that would be an effect on individuals, disposable mm -hmm. income. So you have your disposable income, you would need to um, bring out more to pay for certain services like insurance, which, is, uh, which was exempt from uh, VAT, but in 2024 uh, would attract VAT. So non-life non insurance will attract VAT uh, from 2024. 
um, air travel uh, was exempt from local air travel, exempt from VAT. Now there will be a VAT on that. We are looking at uh, a, a tax for um, excise tax, which is uh, imposed on vehicles. Uh, so uh, emission tax, 100 cities per annum. So those are some taxes that would mean that individuals would have to pay more of their disposable income in getting uh, those goods and services. Then for businesses, uh, businesses, small businesses in particular, um, businesses are also economic agents buying these services mm -hmm. in town, and they would need to pay more to get their insurance. They would need to pay more to get imported uh, printed matter. They would need to pay more for domestic uh, air travel. So there would be impacts on individuals. Uh, you would have to allocate more of your budget on these services, and also for small businesses, would have to allocate um, some more of their budgets uh, in getting services that uh, attracting new taxes this year. Well, I, I guess the big question is, how do they navigate these taxes? Individuals, uh, small businesses? Right. So, um, yeah, so for individuals, um, so for individuals, it's important that individuals are looking at how to get uh, the most out of the tax system. Mm. Um, so your income which is subject to income tax, the, the rates uh, has been provided for. But then there are some reliefs um, from the income tax law that would allow individuals to get some reliefs um, in terms of their taxes, and um, a number of them. So we have marriage relief. And so the, the advice is that for individuals, we have to look at what are the opportunities to reduce the tax burden, mm -hmm. because that is what the law has already provided for. Um, one of the uh, key ones, which I would mention as the first, is that we have uh, in our Income Tax Act, Act 896, a relief from um, uh, mortgage interest on residential premises. So if you are paying a loan, uh, the interest on that loan for one residential um, premises in Ghana, you are able to deduct the interest against uh, your income, your accessible income before tax. That is one key and uh, likely significant uh, relief that individuals can look out for. So if you are in this category paying some loan uh, for housing, then you get your documents, approach your tax office, get, um, approach your tax office, provide your uh, details, and then you'll be able to deduct that upfront against your accessible income mm. before the impact of taxes. And then there are others. Well, it's interesting because most people don't know this, right? No, yeah, so, don't know this. Yeah, so we are in a system where um, <laughs> we, we are not assessing uh, these reliefs as much. So um, in, in 2024, where we are already talking about the impact of um, taxes, you should be looking out for um, getting as much relief from your accessible income. Yeah, time to look it up. So how about small businesses? Um, what reliefs can they explore? Yeah, so for small businesses, um, typically you would have your micro-business uh, sole proprietor or um, owned by two persons. Uh, there are some incentives. There are some incentives that uh, businesses can look out for. So um, one key one is the Young Entrepreneur Incentive, which uh, the Income Tax Act provides, where uh, if you are a young entrepreneur, not more than 35 years, 
you get an exemption, um, tax exemption, for five years of operating, you do not have to pay tax on the business income. Mm. But this is limited to a number of industries. If you are operating in the ICT space, waste processing, tourism, manufacturing, and others, you would be able to assess uh, this exemption. But an important point to note is that if you are not known to the tax office, then you cannot assess these taxes. So uh, for small businesses, um, small businesses would always have three obligations, what I categorize as three obligations. You have an obligation to register with the tax office, mm. you have an obligation to keep records, and you have an obligation to comply with your taxes. If you are registered, known to the tax office, if you are keeping records, if you are complying, then you'll be able to assess some of these uh, incentives and reliefs that we have uh, in the Tax Act. All right. There, there are so many taxes um, adding to the already existing ones. So how, how do you keep up with the, the taxes to fulfill a tax obligation? Yeah, so um, from an individual uh, point of view, um, so currently the, the Ghana Revenue Authority has a, a tax portal, um, so online tax portal, where what we hitherto had as your tax identification number, your TIN, mm -hmm. um, has now been linked to your Ghana card uh, personal identification number, so your Ghana card PIN. So there is already that linkage. On the, um, the GRA tax portal, you'll be able to log in and uh, set up your user, uh, your user account and have a profile where you can file your taxes. Then once you have that, you can approach a tax office provide details for uh, reliefs. I mentioned we have the mortgage interest, but there are others. You have uh, marriage relief. If you are married, uh, you would not believe it, but if you are married, you have 1,200 Ghana cities relief for the year. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, if you are married or you have two dependent um, case, then you have that available to you. There are others such as if you are a disabled person, you can have 25% of your income from employment or business given to you as a relief. So if you are a disabled person and you are uh, in some business or you are in employment, you should be assessing this relief by one, having um, being known to the, the tax office, having an account, and then providing details where you can assess uh, this relief. Now, if you are a business, um, I mentioned three um, obligations. Mm. Registration of just 30 seconds. Yeah. Okay, so registration, uh, compliance, and record keeping. If you are keeping your records, then you would be able to assess um, reliefs or simplified tax uh, models such as the presumptive tax, okay. where you pay 3% of your revenue as tax due from you. But Wait, if so you do not keep records, you can we'll continue this conversation tomorrow. Yeah. Lots to learn. I'm learning yeah. so much today. Wisdom Kwanu is Associate Director of Tax and Regulatory Services at Deloitte. Appreciate your time. And that's the marketplace, everyone. More news on our website, myjoinline.com forward slash business. More on that exclusive with Ken of Reata on our website, myjoinline.com forward slash business. See you same time tomorrow.
gospel prayer and thrilling podcasts and live shows, download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, MyJoy Online, Amazon services like Echo, Amazon Music, and Audible, Stitcher, Adam Online, Overcast, and Pandora. Take note of everything. Sign up for the multimedia digital platforms now to stay updated. crisis is reshaping the world around us and making life much harder for many. But still, people and communities often need to be persuaded that it is in their interest to take measures to make the planet sustainable. Hello and welcome to a new edition of Eco Africa. I am Sandra Kahomza Twinobidio, all the way from Kampala, right here in Uganda. Hi, Sandra. It's true, environmental protection often meets with resistance, even now. But changing behavior starts with understanding the problem. We hope we can explain some of the issues and show that if there is a problem, there is also a solution. I am Chris Alems, joining you from Lagos. Here's what we've got coming up. We find out what happened when a community occupying a forest in Kenya voluntarily vacated it. How wisdom that is many centuries old is combating water scarcity in Spain. And meet an entrepreneur in Mozambique. Who Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.